Hi, and welcome to our special quarantine episode of Second Rate Film School. I'm Andrew. I'm Jake. And I'm Jacob. Yeah, so bear in, bear with us. We are in um, quarantine right now due to the whole coronavirus. So Jake and Jacob are in their apartment and I am at mine. So we're doing this over a very spotty Zoom session. So if I start talking over them and then stop talking, it's because I thought they weren't talking. So this is we're, we're recording off your equipment. You don't have coronavirus, right? No, I don't have corona. <laughs> No, I don't. Okay. All right, that's good. So, Jake. Right. But, Jake, just don't touch your face for the duration of the commentary track. I won't. I won't. There was a very long pause there when, when Jacob asked his question from Wes. It's a little concerning. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Don't touch your face, don't touch your eyes, and certainly don't leave the apartment for the next three weeks after recording this commentary track of The Phantom. Yes. Anyway, back to The Phantom. This is a very underrated movie. I would say it's very good. About a 7 or 8 out of 10 movie. I recently discovered this a few months ago, and I was shocked to discover, A, how good it was, and B, that this was an actual big-budget film. I always kind of dismissed the movie over the years as sort of like this action schlock, kind of in the vein of that, those 90s, that 90s Captain America movie or the Dolph Lundgren Punisher film, because I think we all saw that, that picture of Billy Zane in the costume and everything, and it, it looked pretty terrible in those photos. So I always marked it as like this disaster. But then I just, I watched it just for the hell of it. And I was just so surprised to find how act how good it was going back to the actual Hollywood production. Uh, Robert Evans produced it. Paramount Pictures uh, uh, distributed it. So it's, it was an actual Hollywood film going, uh, piggybacking off of the Batman success, adapting those 1930s or rather those pulp heroes. So I, th I think out of, I mean, you got, you got this as the Phantom, you have the Shadow and the Rocketeer. I mean, the Rocketeer is probably the best movie out of all of them, probably the best script, best directing. But I, th but I think I would argue this is the best character out of, out of those three. The Shadow is a pretty mediocre movie. It's not very good. Uh, but this is, actually, this is actually pretty good. This is going to be the Jake exclusive <laughs> commentary track. Yeah. Um. Yes, I liked it too. Um, maybe has the worst thumbnail out of any movie on Amazon Prime, but it's a pretty good movie. I like my critical consensus on this so far. I feel like we're we're really getting somewhere and like diving into this movie. Let's talk about the thumbnail more. Okay, we'll talk about yeah. that. <laughs> so actually, this is the part of the movie the opening here doesn't quite work. Um, I mean, it, it, it sort of does. It just, I think it drags a little bit. I think it's, maybe it's because of the point of view of the, uh, of the bad guys. I haven't quite thought about why it doesn't work as well. Maybe I should have thought about it a bit more. I like this opening. No, no, this, this works, I should say. It kind of works as a suspense piece, but once they get into the tomb and everything, it, it it sort of drags a little bit. It's, um, well, I mean, we could also talk about the very opening, which kind of starts it off sort of in media ras, where they give you the whole the story so far thing. Yes, it's very, very pulp, very kind of uh, 
those those serials of of the 1930s and, and 40s yeah that's that's why i feel like it was an homage to like the serials where like even though this was the first phantom movie it was you know we know he's been on adventures prior to this based on as we later see you know, um, the bad guy says oh i killed the the ghost who walks years ago well he's back and you know his various allies that this isn't a true origin story for him yes we see the flashbacks but you know he's been operating for some time so it's you know i do agree with what you said it's very much like a serial where it's like this isn't the character's first introduction where you know the people who know seen this movie have at least some idea that this character has a rich history and all of that so i think it's a nice little touch and it works feels like a, a serial magazine series that you picked up in the middle intentionally yeah. yeah it also happens to function from a writing perspective just setting up the world and um and, and the character and such and we we get information doled out over the course of the movie in, in terms of what the rest of mythology and the fact that the, this is not the first phantom the, the the phantom we saw in the opening sequence was i believe was the first phantom billy zane is is just uh, the latest one in the long line of phantoms if this was a like a prestige TV show now, it would be 13 episodes, and he wouldn't become the Phantom until the end of the last episode. But here, he's just the Phantom right off the bat. It's like a good way of sort of summing things up, recapping it. You know, you know what movie did that? That's kind of underrated, at least in terms of using this similar framing device. Was the reboot of the Hulk, the Incredible Hulk. And the opening here kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Um, they just kind of get through the origin you mm -hmm. get it it's like here it's only like what like 30 seconds or something like that yeah there's something to be i don't know you, you got to appreciate something like that because these days it would be this whole now there's there's nothing inherently wrong with an origin story or or doing that or exploring it but it just there's nothing wrong with doing something like this where it's it's just it's quick and to the point and it gets right into it with the hero there it, one's nece isn't necessarily better than the other it just depends on how you do it and here it's done pretty well well, it doesn't, yeah. doesn't feel the need to be an entire movie of setup yeah. to try and explain what the Phantom is. The, the Phantom is in the movie, and we can have the movie. Mm -hmm. And you know enough about him right off the bat, too, to, to, to care about him and care about what's going on because he knows what's going on. Exactly. Now, going back to what Jake says, I mean, this feels like a Hollywood movie, like a big-budget, you know, obviously going with the writer of this um, feels like an Indiana Jones movie a bit like this actually has production values this isn't like um, as Jake made the comparison the like Fantastic Four like the Roger Corman Fantastic Four or that Captain America movie where it's like oh this has zero budget behind it it's like a lot of money was thrown behind this like this was Paramount being like yeah we want our own superhero franchise that we can make you know multiple movies from and it didn't work out too well for them no unfortunately but it was What's like yeah i i don't know i think the whole post 89 batman period was like really weird in terms of how they responded to it it <laughs> just kind of shows you like the the superficial mentality of like how they like reacted to that but you know you would think even like a baseline sort of like a baseline of logic would say, well, Batman was successful, so we would want to do the other DC superheroes. Like, that seems like the proper cynical approach to take. But instead, they went, 
oh, Batman's popular, so let's take a bunch of, like, obscure characters that are, like, kind of similar to him that nobody knows or aren't very relevant. And that's where you got, like, the Shadow, you got this. And there were some good ones that came out of there, like Darkman, which was an original character. Mm. But, like, it, it's just, it's some weirdly, um, it's, like, just such a weirdly shallow appraisal to me. Well, I think it's it's that and... Maybe the fact that some of those other DC heroes would have been very expensive to make at the time and just the technology wasn't there yet to execute them. But I also think it was these older executives probably grew up with these characters and these were the characters that they knew along with Batman and everything. So they kind of lumped them all in together. They're probably executives in like their 60s and 70s and such. I think it just like it shows a a lack of touch on the cultural pulse in that regard at least. Like, I mean, we've had like Superman, the movie came out and like, I want to say 77, 78? Yeah. Was it 78? 78, yeah. Yeah. Um, like, you, you could make these movies even in the 90s, but they didn't even think of that. I mean, they were. I know they were trying to make, like, Superman Lives and stuff like that, but they were like, let's just come up with these characters that are, like, superficially similar to Batman. It's just like, I, I, I you know, I see the line of logic. It's just a weird weird follow-through oh no it's strange and i think they were trying to make a wonder woman movie too in the 90s i think with demi moore if if i heard correctly wow we really missed out there (laughs) she would have been a good wonder woman there i can here's the thing you're probably right i can absolutely see what like a terrible over-the-top 90s wonder woman movie would look like in my head though like with like early 90s cgi and that like kind of crazy '90s tone. <laughs> who who would have played who would have played Steve Trevor? Um, who was the hot thing at the time in the '90s? I don't know. Maybe they would have gotten like Val Kilmer or something. Maybe. Well, he was Batman at that point. Not yet. Well, I mean, I guess it depends when they were gonna make Wonder Woman, which is which I'm pretty unclear on. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, in the Phantom. Yeah, this anorexic grimace is riding on a horse right now. Oh, we're on the the worst part of the movie, the costume. Great. I love it. This movie looks great and has great production values, all except for that costume, in my opinion. I still don't think it looks that bad. I get what you're saying. It probably needs a little more texture. It looks like a morph suit. Yeah. <laughs> it looks a little well, better. That's the things. thing. Like, with a lot of, like current superhero costumes the reason they add those textures to it is because it helps it pop up from the screen and it makes it look less flat which makes it look less cheap as well but like here it's just like you know it's just purple and uh it looks like he's he's just wearing some cheap morph suit unfortunately only the purple really shows up but if you do look closely there is a pattern on it but unfortunately it just doesn't show up as well as it as it probably should or maybe what they intended to well, it's interesting because the Phantom character originally also had um, black and white striped underwear, like like a unitard, um, uh, but they decided that would look too silly, so they decided not to have that in there. And again, this looks fine, but I think it, they probably should have added that in to give him a little bit more contrast and give the costume a little bit more depth, but who knows, maybe in the alternate dimension where we're not in quarantine and they did do that, we'd be saying, this looks stupid. They should have not had him in the underwear. That's a very specific alternate dimension. (laughs) 
I think in our quarantine we need to make a, a sequel to The Phantom. I'll write it. I'm, I can do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you, you saw in his introduction when he was in his cave there, you saw the close-up of the costume, and it, it, you could see the texture and everything. It looked good there, but in the distance, yeah, it doesn't show up as well, so it does look like what Jake, Jacob said, a little, little flat. Party city. Not that bad. It's the one thing that sticks out to me in this whole movie, and I think that maybe that's why the thumbnail looks so bad. I hate to, to bring it back to something as dumb as that but you look at that thumbnail and it looks like uh it, it looks like it's like the 90s captain america or something and you watch the movie and it's this big budget really good looking film except for that costume yeah to be fair in the context of of the poster or that photo that i saw it the costume does not help that idea <laughs> so i i will admit that. it's very clearly uh we need to get this digital release out there put something together in photoshop this afternoon for it Here's a promotional still of uh, the Phantom. Put that on there. Here's a great practical stunt right here. Again, one of the many surprises of this movie that I found, some real emphasis on, on practical stunts, um, just a real imagination to it all and everything. I just, I'm just still surprised this movie's as good as it is. I think because of the thumbnail, it kind of lowers your expectations and, and everything. For sure. And like I said, I just really want someone to splice Temple of Doom's like climax with this. Like it's the one bridge over from them right now. Oh yeah, it's very reminiscent of Indiana Jones too. The influence. It's not just. It's not like the shadow where it's clearly riffing on Batman. Yeah. Um, here, there's like there's I mean, a real swashbuckling element to this movie, which which makes it more unique. I and stand apart. Yeah, I mean, it I goes agree. into the same vein of, like, the Brendan Fraser Mummy movies, or at least the first two, that it sets the time period of a romanticized time in a far-off location, you know, that you would have seen in these serials and all that, be like, you know, and you saw, like, in all the, like, the Bob Hope, Bean Crosby road movies, they're in tropical locales and whatnot, and it does a good job of... I, you know, it has definite influences and elements like it, but you're right, it does stand out on its own. Yeah, I mean, I wish uh, people gave it a second look. Actually, Roger Ebert gave it a, a three-and-a-half-star review, I, I believe. I mean, he, he got it. Everyone else is pretty dismissive of this movie at the time, but I, I think he always gets things like this, these movies, these, these more pulpy films that always kind of get dismissed. He always sees in between the lines and judges them for what they are. And the, well, the other thing I, I guess that makes the suit a little more forgivable maybe is Billy Zane's performance. He's, he really sells the hell out of it. He, he does, he makes the best out of it, I think. <laughs> oh, sorry, I just shrugged. <laughs> no one could see that. No, this, this is great. I mean, he's got a very nice Merkin, as you can see in this scene right now. But he's, he's great. He's very earnest, very sincere. He's not winking to the camera. He really, I, I believe Billy Zane was, was an actual fan of the character. He discovered the character when he was filming the movie Dead Calm. I think he's, yeah. I think he's pretty good. I sometimes wonder, especially rewatching it now, like, could there have been a little bit more personality? He plays it like a very straightforward sort of tough guy which i like but you know you you want sometimes i i think about that there's when i when i think about the phantom i mean th there's that but i think there's a sense of humor to him too and everything you can tell he's in 
he, the character has a sense of humor too and everything. He's he's a little whimsical and he cracks jokes and I do appreciate that. Yeah. Because there's a few there's a few lines in here that are pretty great that make me laugh. He he says it in a very a very charming droll way. Got ripped for it too. Yes. Was yeah, this? they initially built like a um, or designed like a um, suit that like had fake muscles in it, and then they he shows up as that, and it's like, oh shit, he's really jacked. We're gonna need to make an actual costume for him now. Yeah, it's a shame. I I really like Billy's. Oh, that, is that what happened to the real costume? <laughs> it didn't fit him anymore. They just go to the store and buy like a. <laughs> Buy a Halloween <laughs> Hall costume. Yeah, they, they had to run over to the um, merchandising department. It's like, quick, get the costume that we we're going to sell in the stores to merchandise the movie. <laughs> well, it doesn't look that great. Fuck it, just give it to Billy Zane now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a shame Billy Zane never really took off to be a, a big leading man. I, I, I think he was a lot more talented than, the, than what was thrown at him later in his career. He was only kind of a thing in the 90s, and then he showed up on Twin Peaks with a, with a pretty bad Merkin. He, uh, he was Jake, a, you're being very judgmental <laughs> of his hair right now. No, well, his hair looks good here. Or it's his just, lack of hair. Well, because it was probably real hair at the time. No, I just, I, I, I don't know. He, he deserved better. I could have seen five more of these movies with him as the Phantom. Yeah. Also, apparently this is the Playboy man. I found out when looking up the movie. Oh, it is. It is. Not that I would know that. Yeah. Very rare to see a good old-timey 30s mansion in one of these movies that isn't just that mansion that's in Vancouver that they use for X-Men, Smallville, and like every other superhero show huh. or movie that needs a mansion. Well, I imagine they filmed this in L.A. then. Yeah. Or at least parts of it. Oh yeah, well the uh, the jungle scenes actually I think they filmed in Indonesia. I, I don't quite remember for sure, but they filmed on location Thailand, actually. One of them. Or Thailand, yeah, it could have been, but I can appreciate it wasn't just Hawaii like most movies use now as a double or, for like a for a jungle location. Or fake um, backdrop like parts of Jurassic Park three. Uh, that's a whole other conversation. We should do a Jurassic Park 3 commentary. I mean, it'd be short. It'd be 65 minutes, the commentary. I am 100% down for a Jurassic Park 3 commentary yeah. track. Coming soon. Okay, so here's Christy now, Swanson. Now, anyways, back to Downton Abbey. Sorry. What? I said, now back to Downton Abbey, because the guy kind of looks like from Downton Abbey. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, I thought it was going to be an actual actor from Downton Abbey, but it's just a guy that looks like the guy from Downton Abbey. Yes. Sorry, but anyways, introduce the character. It's very insightful. Yes. <laughs> Continue, Jake. No Downton Abbey references here. We're talking about The Phantom. Downton Abbey's a pretty good show. I don't know what your problem here is. I don't care. I want to talk about Christy Swanson. So this is... Oh, that's Trip Williams. But Christy Swanson... There she is. There's Christy Swanson. <laughs> like swirling around with actors that I... Don't know a ton about. Tell us, Jake, what's going on? Well, Christy Swanson, she was Buffy, the very first Buffy. Mm. And that's about it. Yeah, that's right. Okay. I forgot about that. Yes. Um, but she's, she's quite good here. Every, everyone's good in this movie. I, that, that should go without saying. Yeah. 
So I think this is a character. I think he has a bigger role in the uh, in the comic series. I I don't quite remember what it is. You're learning so much. They could have also been in the world where they were intending this to be the first part of a trilogy, setting him up to be a bigger character just in the sequels as well. In, in the comic, wait, wait, he had a bigger role in the comic series. Yeah, there. Uh, he, he, when was the last time the comic series was widely distributed? <laughs> well, I think Boom, uh, uh, Boom, the comic book company, they they actually um, publish a lot of these old pulp heroes and they get new writers and illustrators to create new comics out of them boom does a lot of great stuff yeah yeah okay so here's here's our villain played by treat williams and i know i'm, I'm saying everyone's good in this movie but it, there's a special note with him because you can tell he's having just a, a grand old time playing this role he's he's loving every minute playing this Wasp, do you have anything to add? Wasp, what happened in the PlayStation 2 video game? Oh, I guess we lost him. I guess he died of the coronavirus. Uh, maybe don't touch this. Don't touch the mics. <laughs> oh, fuck. Moss is just smiling at me. His face is frozen. He really likes the movie. Either the picture's frozen or he's having a stroke. I haven't been able to hear anything you guys have been saying for the past two minutes. I don't want to talk over you. Well, thank you. Well, you're going to have a fun time editing this. <laughs> yeah. that, I'm going to be very quiet in this one. This is going to be mainly the Jake and Jacob commentary track. <laughs> But yeah, Treat Williams is great. I don't know anything you said after you introduced him, but I enjoy him in this very much. Well, yeah, that's the point. He's he, you could. He, I think we enjoy because he's really enjoying playing this role. Again, he's not like winking to the camera or anything. He just he's earnest in playing a very over the top, charming villain. I think that's like everyone in this movie is performing at the right level of cheese for the type of movie and the source material. But like you said, they're never like winking at it. They're not to the level where they're actively mocking what they're doing. They're still actually trying. Yeah. Actually, you... again, very much like the Brendan Fraser mummy movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good comparison. This has like a Stephen Sommers feel to it. He could have directed this easily, honestly. He would have done a great job. I agree. Actually, Jacob, you were talking before about if there was a TV show. There was a TV show of The Phantom on the Sci-Fi Channel in the early, in the mid-2000s. Perfect, because that means he was probably The Phantom during the show and wasn't just becoming The Phantom over the course of the whole season, I assume, right? I don't know. I didn't watch it. But the, oh. all I know is that the costume looks terrible. Like, say what you want about the costume here, but... Wait, what is it? I gotta look this up. Hold on. It, it, it looks like... Oh, God. 
the Phantom. What year the TV show? I think two thousand four. So it, it's like someone saw Batman Begins is like we got to do that with the Phantom. You know, if you Google this, it says the Phantom Gourmet TV show. <laughs> the Phantom of the Opera TV show. What? Why is the Phantom Works TV show ending? Phantom in the Twilight TV show. Oh boy. This commentary is going great. All right. Oh let's my see. god, the costume is bad. I'm putting it up on screen. Oh, is this it? Yeah, it looks really bad. Yes, it does. But one thing I'm going to throw in, I like the color variations in there. It gives it some texture, some like colors pop out when it's not just all purple. In terms of the colors, yes. Kind of reminds me of the uh, the Daredevil costume from the the TV show. Actually, it looks like Space Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Oh, but then I, I just found another picture where they just like light him with like it looks like just like a, a fluorescent, <laughs> and he just looks very uh, just flat. Yeah, yeah, it kind of reminds me of the uh, 2015 TV Daredevil TV show costume. Not in a good way though. They do an animated series of. Oh, here I guess I just found a picture of an animated movie. Phantom cartoon. Oh, I'd like to watch that. Uh, and then it comes up with Danny Phantom. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're into a really popular property right here, guys. <laughs> oh, this part's cool. Helps yeah. establish how yeah. evil the villain is. Yeah, I say I wasn't saying it ironically. I like legitimately like again going into playing a little into the cheese of it, but still in a fun way. Yeah. Well, uh, the writer of the script, Jeffrey Boehm, he wrote Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. So I think that's one of the reasons why this movie is 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 elevated more than it than it could have been. Yeah. That's right. I forgot he wrote this. Yeah. Very good screenwriter. He died, unfortunately. What else did he do? He didn't. He wrote Lethal Weapon 2. He wrote Indy 3. Uh, that's the only thing I can think of right now. I know he did some other stuff, too. Not Jeffrey Combs, the American actor. <laughs> no, not Jeffrey <laughs> Combs from Reanimator. <laughs> Yeah, here in this shot, you can see like when he walked in, you can see a lot more of the pattern on the costume and how like his pecs kind of form, like the eyes of a skull for his ring. So is that going to be just the definition? Probably should have been a little bit more out, but hey, what can you do? Is that going to be the remainder of the commentary? We're just going to keep commenting on how his costume looks under certain lighting in each scene. <laughs> oh, you can see the, the the pattern a little bit more here. Uh. Oh, and here's Catherine Zeta Jones. Wow. Jeffrey Bohm was born in Rochester, New York. What? Huh. Yeah. He was? Born in Rochester, New York. But he grew up in Fairlawn, New Jersey. Of course he did. And then moved to Sacramento. Huh. Oh, did he write The Dead Zone? He did. Wow. Hey, look, it's Mrs. Michael Douglas. 
Yeah, no, I said that a moment ago, Wes. God damn it. Again, audio's cutting off of me. I hear like every other thing they're saying. Oh, okay. See, here's a fun, good scene here. This, this is the stuff that I'm talking about with Billy Zane, where he's very, he's very charming. I like the window. <laughs> Why hasn't that been turned into a meme yet? What, the, the, Billy Zane sitting there eating a sandwich? See, he's even got the pose down. I like that. Yeah, yeah but did you know Catherine Zeta-Jones is in this movie? <laughs> Yeah, she was in the Titanic movie. No, come on. This movie wasn't that big of a bomb. What? You're right. Yeah, you thought about it for two seconds. You're like, that kind of makes sense, I guess. Well, actually, no. This is the thing they both have in common. They were both in a Titanic film. One was just more successful than the other. And when Billy Zane was in a more successful movie... Wait, what was Catherine Zeta-Jones in? She was in a made-for-TV Titanic movie that came out around the same time as the James Cameron film. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, that was before she, she, she hit it big. Yeah, I like Billy Zane's Twitter handle. His um, bio says, not good on cruise ships. Also, I didn't play the mummy. <laughs> Can you imagine? He'd be great as the mummy. Well, it's he, funny because he played um, the Scorpion King in like all the direct-to-video sequels after The Rock said, no, I'm too big now. Wait, so he's supposed to be The Rock? He, yeah, if I remember correctly, yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> so... <laughs> Wait, hold on. The Scorpion I, King. I, I knew Billy Zane was in it. I, I, didn't, know, I didn't know he was I the thought, Scorpion I thought he put... I might be mistaken. Maybe I'm trying to make well, it... Hold on, let me, let me look at this up. I don't know if he was the Scorpion King. Yeah, hold Again, on. Again, this was the directed video movies. Did you watch the directed video movies, Was? I, yeah, no, I don't think Billy Zane was. How many fucking Scorpion King movies did they make? There's like four of them. Oh my god. Huh. No, Billy Zane was uh, King Talus. Uh, Tamir okay. Morrison well, was in it too, as King Ramusin. Hmm. Dave Bautista, what? Ron Perlman? Okay, solid cast for the Scorpion King 3, Battle for Redemption. Hmm. Who's in Fourth one came out in 2015. People gave shit still in that time. Quest for Power, they brought back Victor Webster, and Lou Ferrigno was in it. Michael Bain was in it. What? Yo, you hear Michael Bain's going to be in the new season of The Mandalorian? What? Yeah. Oh, fuck. I think it's... Is it Michael Bean or Michael Bean? Michael Bean. Bean. Mm. He's, so he's back? He's kicked his drug habit? Yeah, I saw the headlines. That no comment for liability reasons. <laughs> I just know he's in it. Okay, I don't know for sure if he had a drug habit. I heard he did, maybe. There's a rumor. You heard it here yeah, first. <laughs> no, but the he's headline. in The Mandalorian season, uh, season two. Who's he playing? Dash Rendar? 
That's when oh, Grizzled God. fucking. I hope so. That's when Grizzled Dash Render. A bounty hunter. Okay. Well. Yeah, he's playing a bounty hunter. I mean, I guess that's. He and Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano are the uh, the guest stars in season two of The Mandalorian. If they can ever film it. Well, they were filming it before the holidays. They were working on. They were filming season two. They actually might have finished it before this all started. Oh, there you go, Disney Plus. One more thing to save you from, from annihilation. Carl Weathers directed an episode. Carl Weathers, good for him. No, good for him. I mean, I, good actor. Oh, this is see another another great one-liner. Excuse me, I'm trying to talk about Carl Weathers directing The Mandalorian. So, so, so do you think Carl Weathers had like, what do you think the craft service was like? Do you think it was really cheap, like his character in Arrested Development? They just made stew out of bones. It was probably expensive the first day, and then they made the leftovers into the stew <laughs> for the second day of filming his episode. Good old Carl. Carl Weathers is a friend of ours. Once again, for liability reasons, I have to deny that. Oh, no, no. He's a good friend of ours. I know him through his son. Oh, wait, you actually do? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you were joking. Oh, no, I'm not joking. You would never joke about Carl Weathers. (laughs) No. Why would I do that? Ever since he died in Rocky IV, I could never joke about Carl Weathers. Hey, spoilers. I haven't watched that yet. That was next on my quarantine cross-off list. Wait, you haven't watched the Rocky movies yet? I'm joking. Oh. Oh, I forgot. Here's James Ramar. There's a man on board in a cheap purple suit. <laughs> he's, in the, he's in the Warriors and... For those who watch Dexter, Dexter's father. No, I keep making fun of the suit, but it is like, you know, it's like the one blemish for me. The movie itself is very solid, very fun adventure film. Uh, You're damn right. Jake, continue. I agree with everything you said, except that it's a great adventure film. Should I rewatch this more than... Probably the Godfather. And it's only been, what, four months since I've first seen this? It's a good movie to fall asleep to as well. You know, you you know, you got one of those movies, you, you just want to, your night winds down. So you're, what you're saying is this movie makes you fall asleep? Well, it can, but not for those reasons, not because it's boring because it's, it's a nice comforting movie there are those films too that are kind of like like comfort food comfort food can put you to sleep after a, a nice meal it's like this anyway in this scene they're getting on a big red plane we're going to go chase Snoopy now. We're just going to do the rest of this like the Arnold Schwarzenegger total recall <laughs> commentary. And this scene, 
You can see the Phantom gets on the big plane. Is he going to escape? You'll have to keep watching. So I guess if this was made today, it wouldn't be a movie. It'd be a 13-part Netflix show, is what we're saying. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Are they are they developing anything based on The Phantom oh, now? No, I mean, I I don't think so. Not, not from what I've heard, but I'm just trying to be a little humorous here. Let's yeah, see. no, I think after the failure of the... Uh, most of the DC movies and the Dark Universe, Universal Monster Movie Universe world building probably would be on Netflix. I don't know if any studio would, after all that and then this trust, um, let's make a huge, big budget movie again. Maybe you can get J- Jason Blum to make this. And I hope you can hear me. Give this a budget of $3 million. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't do that. In 2014, they announced that Mark Gordon and his production company are developing a new film with Management's 360 based on The Phantom. Okay. So it's probably not going to happen anytime soon. I, I don't think they're doing much with it right now. There was a comic called Phantom 2040. Has anyone heard of this? No. It's about yeah, the it adventures like the twenty fourth phantom on a future Earth rife with population or po- pollution hmm? and heavy industrialization. Did you say pot pollution? I said pollution. Oh, oh. what? Is it? Um, it's like Spider Man Unlimited. Yeah, there was a weird trend for a while of taking these established characters and just saying fuck it, send them to the weird future. He did that with, yes, Spider-Man, he did that with Sherlock Holmes, the Ninja Turtles, just fuck it, send them to like 50 years in the future. The only one that worked was Batman. Yeah. Well, I I guess they all came out like in the late, mid to late 90s. Maybe it was that whole 2000s craze that people were trying to, like, oh, it's it's the future. Sort of like a a gimmick. I think something like Spider-Man Unlimited probably just came about very cynically like it was just sort of like the market based sort of approach to that sort of thing mm-hmm. whereas Batman Beyond there seemed like to be more of a spark of inspiration there yeah well with Batman Beyond they had done um, what was the Batman story where he's elderly uh, Bruce Wayne is elderly and has like a new Batman protege so they had done that in the series so that one I feel like was probably the most earned well, plus it helped that Bruce, Tim, and Paul Dini were involved with it. Okay, so here's a mixture of practical effects, and then I think there's some green screen there with the Phantom going on the horse. Yeah, this shot right here is green screen. Yeah. But it's well edited together. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if they did force Billy Zane to jump off a plane onto a horse? <laughs> His wig would have fallen off. <laughs> <laughs> Not with that body suit. That's actually how he lost his hair. Like, from being in this bodysuit all day and fucked with his scalp. I mean, I don't know the state of Billy Zane's hair, but it's very likely he might have had to, if he had any, he would have probably had to shave it just to wear that thing. Well, that's actually what happened. He did shave it. Yeah. 
Well, I'm so confused by the jokes we've been making now. This changes everything. <laughs> what? <laughs> We're never trying to do this again. If you're still watching, we're in 40 minutes. So yeah. Thank you for staying with us. We promise we need an hour more of phantom content. <laughs> Look, I just discovered this movie four months ago, okay? I'm not an expert yet. I've only seen it 20 times. <laughs> so Jake's saying. I just love the various speeds of everyone involved in this. That the horse and the truck are going the same speed as a fucking wolf is as well. And now we have more horses. That's all I have to say. Did you know that there's a few horses that died on this movie? Oh, uh, shit. What no, I didn't. Well, no, it was actually <clears throat> filming this scene. I think Billy Zane, like, he, like, pushed the horse too far. It was an old mare horse, and it was like oh, and he got, he got so into the character that like uh, it, it tripped and it broke its uh, hoof. And oh, that's too bad. Blazing. Have to put the horse out of its misery by shooting it. No, it was uh, Robert Evans. <laughs> I'm fucking kidding. I'm not thinking how this happened. Oh thank God. <laughs> but that's exactly what would have happened if it did. Robert Evans would have absolutely. <laughs> Put down a horse. Probably done cocaine off of it. Hey, you know, they killed um, two donkeys making patents, supposedly, so might as well kill a horse for this. Yeah. Or it can be like in the Dune movie where um, they got a. I think it was a cow carcass. And David Lynch. I think he chainsawed it. Could have been like that. Yeah. What, and was that the straight story? I mean, in real life, that horse probably is dead now, so... Oh, yeah. I mean, most of these people, I mean, either they're dead or their careers are dead. So apparently they actually made a, a muscle costume for Billy Zane to wear um, until he got buff enough that he didn't need it. I said that at the beginning. Could you not Which, hear me? Thank, uh, it's very likely I couldn't have heard you. Um, to which I would say to that, um, good because we did not need this costume to look even worse. Um, I wonder what the muscle suit would have looked on a bulky Billy Zane. I'm just imagining those like. It's just like six feet wide. (laughs) (laughs) No, in terms of physicality, I mean, it's great here. It's exactly what it needs to be. By the way, I could totally imagine the playset for this movie if it got was really successful and they decided to merchandise it. This would have been a great playset. Oh, absolutely. I would have loved to have a Lego set out of this. 
Okay, here's some more trivia. Bruce Campbell was originally sought for the lead role. Hmm. Yeah, I'm sure he could have pulled it off. I think he's got the range to play the Phantom. <laughs> He'd have to play it exactly like Ash Williams, though. Yeah, there you go. Hey, so I'm the Phantom. <laughs> they call me Big Hefe here in the woods. Jungle, whatever. No smoking in the skull cave as a bunch of torches are up in the background. Will you shut the fuck up? Stop criticizing my Phantom movie. Yeah, that's right. Don't have anything else to say, do you? I couldn't hear what we were saying. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> I just have to record a bunch of lines to insert in gaps and they'd have my opinion somewhat matter in the commentary. Watts is just going to record like a couple I agrees and that's a good point. And just stick those in there. So if you're listening to the commentary and you hear him seem to say that without context, now you know. Just just put play stock stock audio of just people screaming in the background. That would be funny. <laughs> Lou being like a quarter of a mile away would have such bad interconnection so we couldn't hear each other. Yeah, I guess our our bailout check from the government hasn't arrived yet to fix the internet connection for this commentary <laughs> track. Thanks, Spectrum. Is anyone else? Was have you been having trouble with your internet lately? Oh, yeah, it's been terrible while I've been trying to work. It's, you know, a lot of people are now working remotely, so I think it's been pretty taxing on the system. Yeah, it's just weird because it seems like it's only my Roku that's affected in our apartment. My laptop works fine. Jake's Roku works fine. The phones are okay. It's just my Roku. See, my Roku works fine. Roku is a great product that you should all uh, buy, not Spectrum or Zoom recordings. <laughs> I thought you used had a fire stick. All right. Give me the cold shoulder. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was funny. I don't know. I don't know what is. I don't know what Wasp thinks. Yeah. Being a bit of a smart ass today. Oh, I guess he actually heard all that. <laughs> I heard you call. I heard you calling me a smart ass and nothing else. All right. That's good. That's all you need to know. By the way, you know who else could have played this henchman character really well? Who? Clancy Brown. Yeah, I mean... Oh, yeah, absolutely. I could probably tell you 20 people who could have played this role fine. I'm just thinking Clancy Brown. I watched Shawshank Redemption the other night. Oh. Yeah, that's actually very fitting in these times. <laughs> like, getting ass-raped. I'm cutting that out. <laughs> probably going to can we comment on the fact that there's two villains in this named Quill and Drax? Oh, wow. Who, spoiler alert, don't they get, like, turned to dust at the end? Yeah. 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 Anyway, back to Spectrum.
this bribing the guy of jewels type thing that's about to happen. Yeah, it's a funny gag. I like his sunglasses. Yeah. Wonder where I could get them. I'm just reminded of the one poster that they made for the movie The Aviator where Leo's wearing sunglasses very similar to that. What movie? <laughs> Wes. Wes is actually going to edit it so it doesn't sound like he's cutting out and it just makes it sound like we're just total fools that don't understand anything that's that we're listening to. Wes, that... You cut out there, and it looked like you're. It looked like you're about to sneeze. <laughs> uh, what do you think the Phantom would have done if he was dealing with coronavirus? I bring this up because the the subject of coronavirus is not discussed nearly enough in our modern society. I think he'd be dead by now. We would be on the twenty second Phantom then. <laughs> Corona babies. Do you think more babies are going to be conceived now given the quarantine or because because of coronavirus people are less likely to procreate? I think Could we're going to see a lot way. of babies and a lot of divorces when this is over. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> You're trapped together. What are you going to do? Fuck, get divorced, or listen to our commentary tracks. As you say, or watch The Phantom. We took the third option. (laughs) It's like Blazing Saddles. Hey, we have ten audio commentary tracks, um, so, hey, listen to them. What do you want to do? I don't know. Watch The Phantom? Screw? Let's watch The Phantom. (laughs) (laughs) I like this mine. Skulls, forces of darkness. This isn't right. I was an altar boy for for the love of Pete at St. Timothy's. (laughs) Can only find that type of line in this type of movie. Yeah. Right, Wash. Don't know what line you're referring to, but I'll agree. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) That's the clip. Just take that clip and insert it a couple times at the beginning of this commentary when you go silent. That's actually a good idea. Could be pretty funny. Yeah. (laughs) What are you looking at, Jacob? Oh, I was just looking up to see what the number one movie in America was when I was born. The week of August 29th, 1993. I was born on the 30th, but the 29th was uh, the day listed on Wikipedia. Uh It was The Fugitive. Oh. I swear this started off with me looking up phantom trivia, okay? I just, I couldn't find any more. I kind of went through the stuff I had. Well, the problem was I tried doing that a couple weeks ago, and I hit a fucking dead end on every website that has trivia. They all have the same exact trivia and at the same exact point. The only thing, I, I ended up going to TV Tropes. Uh, that's where I went, too. I couldn't yeah. find anything more than I And all they talked about was complaining about how it starts, like, 
sort of in media rust like that. They complained about it? Yeah, they said it starts too abruptly and that uh, it was too esoteric as a result. Well, fuck that. And honestly, they probably just wrote that because it was like all they remembered, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm, it's, I, I get the point. I, I found that I liked how they did that, though. Yeah. Have you guys oh, seen The Shadow? Shadow? Oh. No. Okay. Yeah, not, not a very good movie. Who's in The Shadow? Alec Baldwin plays The Shadow. Okay. Yeah, they tried. It's got some great uh, art art direction, though. Yeah, no, it looks cool. I mean, it's That's worth checking it. out, just in terms of just from a historical perspective, but it's not that good. The Shadow is a very historically relevant film. Yes. How is The Shadow relevant with the coronavirus? The Shadow of Death is over all of us. You know, Alec Baldwin would have made a great Batman. That relevant son. What? What did you just say? Don't be shy. Spit it out. Come on, Wes. He's a little timid today. He's got a stutter he's trying to hide. No, no. This is. Let's be fair. This is some very intimidating subject matter here. All right. I agree. Watch, did you prepare for this commentary? <laughs> I prepared enough, but I was under the impression I would actually be able to take part of the conversations and not just sit in silence for minutes at a time. Next time we'll go silent, let's just start talking about a different movie. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, see if anyone can tell the difference. We talk about a totally... So, so Dick Tracy was one of Al Pacino's best roles. He got nominated for an Oscar yeah. for that. The first Pacino movie I saw was Dick Tracy. Oh, wow. I still got to see Dick Tracy. That's one I really want to watch. Yeah, that's another movie that I, we forgot to mention at the beginning yeah, of the commentary. Dick Tracy. But that one's actually pretty good, I hear. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, like this movie, it's pretty good, but it just bombed at the box office. And no, no, Dick Tracy was actually did well. Well, I think didn't it do like bad to the point that like they wanted to have it be their equivalent to Batman, but I should say it didn't perform well enough for them to ever want to fucking do anything with it. Well, I, I don't know for sure, but most movies couldn't even reach to Batman levels back then. But for what it for what it was, it, it was a hit movie. I just remember everyone's, like, they stylized the people so their faces all look kind of messed up. I agree. I guess I just lost everybody. Oh, Oh, there we are. Wasp is back. Yeah, everyone's face, like, they do, they they add makeup onto them to make them look more stylized. And Dick Tracy. Yeah. A movie we're talking about while we watch The Phantom. Well, that one really did lean into the comic-y nature because it's all the makeup on them, the villains especially. That's what they were depicted as in the comic strip, you know. See, that's, like, interesting. You know what? That kind of reminds me of the Angley Hulk, how they made everything kind of look like a comic panel. Yeah. And that's, like, an interesting experiment to pull, but ultimately I don't think it's, like, necessary completely, you know? Yeah. 
Like, you can just have them look like the normal actors because it's not about the physical appearance, like getting it precisely to the same level of stylization that the artist was creating in the comic. It's more about just sort of embracing and translating it into a live-action medium. I, I appreciate how they try it, but ultimately it's one of those things that as we've gotten more comic adaptations, we found it isn't totally necessary. It works with Sin City, though, where that is a deliberately stylized movie. Yeah. Yes. Sin, Sin City is uh, is very stylized. But it looks like Dick Tracy is kind of stylized. Granted, I haven't seen it. but Not to that degree. Not but okay. also, to Dick Tracy's credit, you couldn't really do anything to that degree at mm. the time. Mm. Sin City is like, there's a lot of CGI in that movie. Mm-hmm. I really like the um, Creepshow movies as well, um, because they do a lot of stylized with the way they do the lighting, where they'll just have all of a sudden bright blues and red lighting shadows like the original EC comics. I think that's one where it actually is warranted. It's not just style over substance. So you guys seen the spirit? <laughs> Wass, I agree. I like Creepshow. Yeah. Um, well, the spirit is nonsense. <laughs> God, we're never watch the spirit. That and the shadow would have been really shitting on it. Oh no, the shadow is like the fucking Citizen Kane compared to the, the, the spirit. spirit is like insane. I, I don't even mean that in like a joking way. It's very much just like Frank Miller kind of off his rocker. Especially it's like kind of a shame though. Like, you know, normally I would appreciate that kind of like genuine artistic craziness, but it's more like, you know, it, it just doesn't feel appropriate because the the spirit is such an iconic comic book and it's just such a great series and everything. And then to have it like turned into this like weird Sin City schlock, it's just like feels really wrong. Yeah. But I mean, it is kind of entertaining. It's not boring. Uh, you won't forget it. I agree. Well, it's funny because Frank Miller even said I did. I wanted to make it so no so no one else can mess it up. accomplish that then that's what happens when you get too trapped in your own style there I love that trailer it's very Frank Miller just the narration I, I remember seeing that for the first time at like the New York Comic Con in 2000 yeah. was it 2008 I saw that trailer it's 2008 wow yeah he refers to the city as, as like a woman that he loves because I, I saw they screened a documentary on Will Eisner and the spirit and I remember watching that and being like, oh, this is really interesting. This is like some really great stuff. And then that trailer came up for it, and I was like, oh, my God. Remember that Phantom trailer? I'm trying to take it back here. Yeah, I remember watching that at age two and being like, I'm going to watch that movie when I'm 25. Or, wait, I'm 26. Never mind. What movie are you talking about? We can all agree in these tough times seeing Billy Zane get roughed up 
gives us pleasure. Well, hold on. We never got to hear what movie you were talking about. Oh, what? I've now forgotten what I was talking about. <laughs> it, was, it was like a minute ago now. Oh, no, watching the trailer for The Phantom. I'm, I'm going to watch that one day. Oh, oh were you talking about The yeah. Phantom? <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Oh god, I'm not gonna look forward to editing this. I, I'm telling you, just people screaming in the background—that'll fill the silence. Just police sirens, gunshots. Yeah, yeah. Three, two, three, four, four, two, three, and these men are pawns. You know what was a great movie Billy's name was in? Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. Billy Zane wasn't Back to the Future. <laughs> Who did he play in Back to the Future? He was one of uh, the bullies, one of Biff's friends. Oh. Yeah. You got to really look for him to, to notice him. In Back to the Future? Are we still talking about that? <laughs> no, we're done with Back to the Future. That was five minutes ago. <laughs> no, we're, we're talking about this. It's because his costume isn't lit very well, so you have to really strain to see him. I put the price of 20,000 dirham on their heads. Next, they will be hailed as the true messenger of God. They were just a couple of songwriters who came to Ishtar to break into show business. I just want to see Billy Zane star in a Where's Waldo movie. <laughs> you know what? I think he could do a good job. Yeah. He doesn't even need to put his wig on. Just put the hat on top. Well, yeah, he is, but but he's in perfect condition. So how do they wind up on everyone's hit list? Your life is in danger. Behave normally. We have a gun. Here, murmuring. Sorry, I was looking at pictures of Woody Harrelson in *Indecent Proposal*. He plays the temptress in this movie. Wait, Woody Harrelson is in this? The other way around. I don't know. I've never seen it, but I no. It's about Robert Redford wants to pay them a certain amount of money to sleep with Demi Moore. Wait, Robert Redford is in the Phantom? Is that what we're talking about? I'm very no, lost. no. We're talking about indecent Wait, proposal. Why are you talking about the Phantom? We're talking. Yeah, we're talking about indecent proposal. <sighs> oh God! Watson's nice. just so off his game today. Ever since oh, he's, that, he's not talking to me now. I feel bad. I'm sorry, Was. Please talk to us again. He hasn't been the same since that accident. <laughs> this is before the coronavirus. Was not only got the coronavirus, he broke his larynx. Can't talk. He, he, I'm sorry, he broke his... He broke his what? His larynx? There we go. I heard larynx. He's turning slowly into the henchman from 101 Dalmatians that can't talk. Anyway, in this scene, they're searching for the Phantom. Will they find him? You'll have to keep watching. She's our Phantom Insurance. Sounds like a really shitty scam, like life insurance policy. 
It's a cool moment. Ow, 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 my hands. Ow, 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 my hands. Ow, 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 my hands. Oh, for a second, I thought you were actually doing something. <laughs> yeah, me too. I thought you were breaking your fingers just to break up, just to break up the silence. Are you gonna start hurting yourself again? Let's, Let's talk, talk about how I broke every single finger on my on my right hand. So I could feel anything. <laughs> ow, ow, my hands. How tall is this building? Yeah, see, at least this is a good set piece. There's some inventive use of scenery and setting here. Yeah. Um, continue. This looks like a back lot, but done very well. Yeah, this is actually a good. This is a good set here. Again, just goes to show they put gotta, a lot of. When working with the back lot, you gotta do it. There was a little Spanish fleet. A record star. He thought he'd be. He heard of singers like Beatles, the Chipmunks he seen on TV. Why not a little Spanish fleet? And so he did. But this is another great example. Sir Ridley Scott has got nothing on this. Nope. No, that's actually his cameo. I thought you were going to like point something out like that. The way you set that up, you're like, Sir Ridley Scott? Is, that, what, is he the taxi driver in this? <laughs> Fuck me, who are you? <laughs> it's like Phil Collins and Hook. You know, it just has a very weird cameo. That's funny. I just watched Hook for the first time last week. Really? What'd you think about it? I I liked it. You know, it's not perfect, but I actually I I found myself liking it. That's good. We'll do a commentary for that. Whatever. You could do a whole commentary just just based around like the celebrity cameos and like people that pop up in that. Didn't hear that last part. <laughs> Just take my word on it. <laughs> Jacob was talking about this chase scene. Ah. What park do you think this is? I like to think it's um, Griffin Park, <laughs> and they're just going to pass by the Hollywood sign in the background. Yeah, it probably is. It's Balboa Lake. It's in Van Nuys. <laughs> this is the, um, <laughs> the Van Nuys Memorial Park on Hazeltine. Oh, yeah. This is the part in the commentary track where the listener goes, oh, God, not only do they not know what they're talking about, but they're valley people, too. Uh. This actually might be at Griffith Park. This might be the old abandoned um, L.A. Zoo. Oh, wow. I mean, we, we don't know that for sure, but that'd be interesting if it was. I mean, it looks like have an old zoo. Have you been to the abandoned zoo? Yeah, absolutely. You guys have broken in on a condemned property? I thought we brought you over there before. What? Were those cages and everything in Griffith Park? No. I know JC and I went there. No, I, I've never been there in my life. It's a good effect here. Or they just got Billy Zane to go up behind that tiger and pet him. <laughs> you see, like, his leg is really swollen with piss because he pissed himself, <laughs> and it's just trapped in the suit now. 
And the tiger's like, I would eat you, but I can't recognize what you're supposed to be. You look like a, a man in a cheap purple costume. Make a great tourniquet, though. It keeps the pressure up. Quick at the muscle suit. Okay, now coming up here is a pretty lazy piece of writing. So this is the beginning of Catherine Zeta-Jones' arc of redemption, I guess you could say. And it begins by Christine Swanson telling her, why are you so mean? Yeah, literally, why are you so mean? <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. Well, it's not literal. I'm just quoting. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's, Boy, he's yeah. not even paraphrasing and making it sound more basic. Those were the literal lines. Well, it's not quite literal. I think it's the definition. It's really challenging your character ethos. Right. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. Here's Patrick McGowan. What about Patch Adams? Oh, no, that's Patrick McGowan. He said it was Pat Hingle. <laughs> Now, do you think this taxi driver would have been at the sequels if there were any? Yeah. I'm I mean, if he came back to New York. Ago. No, Ridley Scott. Yeah, Ridley Scott. You're right. He is a great character who would be in the sequels. We love him. We love Taxi Driver. Wait, were you agreeing with me? Oh, yeah. good. I talked over it saying, I'm assuming they're agreeing with me right now. <laughs> I've seen that actor in a lot of stuff, and he's great. Yeah. I heard they shared a trailer, him and Billy Zane. The guy that didn't, like, have a trailer, and Billy Zane, like, kind of gave him to him, like, an act of generosity. Oh, nice. the, uh, the taxi driver? Yeah. Oh, wow. Or, like, his wife was sick or something, and Billy's like, oh, you, you can have my trailer. So he stayed in that trailer for the rest of the production. Billy Zane just sat in a chair. Are you making that up, or is that like a really nice... Yeah, I'm making that (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I almost thought we were going somewhere for a sec. (laughs) Well, John Candy did that on the set of his um, one movie. They wouldn't give it to a trailer to Maureen O'Hara, and he's like, fuck that, she could have my trailer then. It's very generous of these celebrities to donate their trailers. <laughs> well, John Candy doesn't need one. He's got a house. I should have said no. No, no, no. It's got to stay silent for a couple more seconds before we get back into All this. Right. Watch, make sure to cut that out. Or add a slide whistle. He's just going to cut it and put it at the very beginning of the commentary. <laughs> I should have said John Candy's got a grave. See, that's dark, but at least I, I get the joke there. <laughs> yeah. I'm just imagining the video game level um, for this scene if they made an adaptation of trying to stay on the fucking plate as it's shaking around. 
Yeah, and Wasp wouldn't be able to beat it until college. <laughs> Listen, some of these games were really difficult. I don't care if they were made for children. I couldn't figure them out. This seems like... This is absolutely a movie that would have had like an NES adaptation or something. Super NES at this point, but yes. Well, that does lead in. I wonder how much merchandise was made for this. Because, yeah, Dick Tracy, they made a shit ton of merchandise for that movie. And, like, you could find it on discount shelves for years because no one wanted to fucking buy it. They all just thought this is going to be our Batman where we're going to make a shit ton of money on the merchandise. So I wonder if they had Phantom merchandise. They had a few things. What I'm I'm reading here... um, the Phantom was used as part of a Got Milk campaign based on the characters drinking milk in the comic. They had some action figures and a few other things. I wonder if his mascara is running off. Movie theater popcorn tubs and paper soda cups featuring the film's poster were also used to help promote the film. Wait, repeat that? Movie theater popcorn tubs and paper soda cups featuring the film's poster were also used to help promote the film. Was that it? Uh, there was like a couple other things. Oh, like so there was there was like the basic promotion. So like some radio ads. Yeah, you know <laughs> they didn't go overboard. Then. They handed out flyers. <laughs> Billy Zane got on the street corner. He's <laughs> hawking to sell tickets. Let's find that. I want to find that ad now. The Phantom Got Milk. I'll put it in the video if I can find it. Oh yeah, I found it. Oh, there's a Phantom action figure here. It's not very good. Jesus. Fuck. I type in phantom toys and Darth Maul comes up. Has anyone ever tried, like, just making got milk ads? I feel like that that would be kind of funny. Photoshopping got milk into, like, inappropriate scenes and pictures. Oh, like Sophie's Choice? <laughs> oh, <God>. Like, what? <laughs> just anything. Oh. It doesn't even have to be a movie. Just over the Jonestown like videos. Yeah. We all remember Jonestown, right? That could be a plot to the Phantom. The Phantom has to stop Jim Jones. Oh my god. Now I'm just looking up got milk ads. There's no way in hell Harrison Ford got a milk mustache. They put it on him after the fact. I agree. I agree too. I don't know how I feel about this ad. It's like a shirtless young Frankie Munez. Uh, you should delete those cookies. Brandon Ruth. Wow, I didn't know. How long do they make these ads for? Wow, he looks younger than Frankie Muniz. There we go. What's that guy's name again? Oh, that's um. Dennis Rodman. Yeah. Yes. Do you know the original um, Got Milk ad was done by Michael Bay? Yes, I did know that actually. I've seen oh. the ad. It's a good it doesn't ad. have nearly as many explosions or fusty women in it as you would assume. Very restrained bay. I can I cannot accept that. It's, it's very, very fast-paced, well-done ad. 
Well, what is it? It just. You'll have to look it up later, Jake. I can't hold your hand on that weird item. <laughs> now here comes the guy from Mortal Kombat the movies. Is this is this the guy from that gift where he says it has begun? I be- is that the same yes, guy? Yes, I believe so. Okay. And he's actually recently was in the um, Amazon show Man in the High Castle and now on um, Netflix's Lost in Space. So he's had quite the varied career. Oh, oh good for him. Yeah, I'm glad he got paid. Yeah. Xander Drax begins and ends with the letter X. You know, Treat Williams was originally going to be in The Dark Knight Rises. He was going to play Matthew Modine's role. Oh, what happened? I don't know. I couldn't do it, I guess. No. I guess he had a very busy schedule. Yeah. It's part of Nolan's tradition of uh, using these older, like these B and C list actors from like, who were famous in the 80s. Treat Williams would have fit right in there. And Matthew Modine does too, but I think Treat Williams would probably was probably better casting for that role. I don't think but Matthew Modine was was I'm great a, I'm casting. I'm a fan of Matthew Modine. I don't think he quite fit that role, though. I think Treat Williams would have done a better job. Maybe it was the writing of that character. I was gonna say that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. All right. Point is Matthew Modine. Is it Modine or Modine? I always thought it was Modine. I've heard people saying Modine, so I didn't. I usually hear him. Both. I should have played the fandom. We should IM him. We should do the commentary track for uh, Birdie and then do another one for uh, interpreting my version of what I thought the movie Birdie was about. <laughs> we should have just never told you what it was actually about. So we should give some context here. I don't think we've explained this story before, right? Where... Somehow, I so this movie Birdie with Matthew Modine and uh, Nicolas Cage. It's like a, it's a really good uh, drama from the '80s, and somehow it came up when I was hanging out with Wass, and I was like, "Oh yeah, have you actually heard of that movie? Because it's like you know, it's an obscure movie." And well, you know, Wass was like, "Yeah, I have heard of it," and I was like, "Oh wow, that's cool." And then Wass proceeds to go and describe an elaborate plot to a movie that is not Birdie. I don't know where the plot came from, but he explained it in elaborate detail, and I was like, yeah, that's not what Birdie is about. Yeah, my version was Nicolas Cage was crazy and thought he was a superhero, so Matthew Modine, as his friend, decides to be his sidekick and try and keep him out of trouble. And for some reason, I thought that's what the plot of that movie was about. See, I want to know where you got that from. I'd watch I've tried looking it up, and I can't find anything, so if you guys know of a movie that's... a that that fits let me know honestly you should just go write it maybe it doesn't exist (laughs) he just left to go write it I like how the captions just said speaks local language I got a little lazy there (laughs) (laughs) Oh, bye, Richie April. Now, Jake. Oh, so, watch what else? 
Lost Wass. Man, I guess he's really committed to writing that <laughs> birdie movie. Anyway, um, back to the Phantom. So, what's going on now, Jake? Well, we got the climax here. Phantom just shoots people. <laughs> That's great. That's a real throwback to the sort of 1940s serialized nature of this. That's something you would do in a 1940s yep. pulp sort of thing. Of course, you really think about it. Superheroes didn't kill their, you know, their enemies for very practical reasons. It was so they could bring them back in future issues. Mm-hmm. Are the two American messengers of God dead yet? This is the oasis. The Does this look like an oasis to you? Yeah, look at the birds. Are those vultures? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, are you? He's aiming at it. Will you stop being paranoid? Run, fuck! They're trying to kill us. Warren Beatty. Come up here is a very good sword fight. But this is all just fun. He's sword fighting with the skull and everything. It just the movie wears its heart on its sleeve. Yeah, it knows what it is. To quote Kenneth Turan of the Los Angeles Times, it's modest and unassuming. Well, it, it's not excessively wised up, which is good. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, and you know me, I love Batman forever, but, you know, even, even that movie and like the Schumacher Batman films at times are pretty kind of all-knowing and everything. They don't, it's, I, this, this is sort of like a good version of Batman forever if they. Batman forever and Batman and Robin don't take themselves very seriously. Yeah. It doesn't have that sort of earnest tone that something like this does. Mm-hmm. And if you want to do something more light, light-hearted, more swashbuckling Batman film, that's okay. Which I think at times Batman Forever is, but not completely. I think, but this is this is the way to do it. I'm calling Jake now. Oh, hold on. I think we're getting Andrew back. Hold on. We got a call. Hello, Wes? Hey, yeah, I'm trying to get you guys back on. I don't know if it's you or under my end with the Zoom call. Oh, yeah. You just kind of ducked out. Um, Jacob and I have been talking. We actually have been talking about the movie. Yeah, we have. I don't know what you've been doing. I've been talking as well. Okay. Well, you're going to have to fix that. All right. Well, you have my code... 
log back in that Zoom. I'm waiting for you to start the meeting. Oh, hold on. Okay, people, I gotta hit start here. This is my second time using Zoom. This has not been brought to you by Zoom. Okay. All right. Hey, we're connecting. All right. All right, well, that was fun. Yeah, it was. Well, I talked about how the set, um, the, the main set of the room they were just in felt a little bit cheap. I don't know, maybe it's the lighting, but it felt to me like it should have been like the set for like a universal stunt show, like in the world where this movie was successful and got its own stunt show at a theme park, but still like the climax. Now you got to contrast that, because we were speaking very positively about it, so now just like put them back and forth, so we're, it's like we're sparring. You're contradicting us what we're saying. I get what you're saying, though, because it's like, it is a soundstage, clearly, but it's a, it's a very good soundstage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It feels lived in. It doesn't just feel like a prop. It reminds me a little of Hook as well, the main soundstage where the pirate ship is, going back to what we were talking about earlier. Wait, say that again? It said it reminded me a little bit of the um, the soundstage Hook was on, um, like where the main pirate ship, where it's like you can tell it's a soundstage, but like it's a very well done, like well put together. Like they spent a lot of money building the set. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, all well, the last five minutes will be very fun for me to edit. <laughs> I think you should like take advantage of that, like actually intentionally like use the juxtaposition to make something funny. You could even like use the video in the commentary, like the YouTube video, to sort of help point out what's going on. Yeah. Well, we'll never do this again. If society collapses, this will be the last one we do. I guess. I'm okay with that. The Phantom. This isn't even going live you know, until April fifteenth. Le- Maybe this will be over by then. Probably not. No. Leave on a strong note. What better movie than The Phantom? I like those skulls because the designs really remind me of the masks in the Lego like, franchise Bionicle. Yeah. Really reminds. It kind of gives that same sort of art style as you would mm. see in a bionicle mask <laughs> i came back to don't Jacob you guys agree bionicle i know it's a good day now i love how the main henchman was inadvertently vaporized by the main villain it's the perfect way for that character to go out yeah says, says like, something about the henchman and the villain yep yeah. The villain doesn't care so much about his henchman, and the henchman was ultimately just a pawn. Yeah. What a cheap jungle trick. I want that carved on my tombstone. I'm also getting vibes from that, um, the fourth Harry Potter movie now when him and Voldemort are just like, 
dueling, and it's just like a thing of pushing one beam back and forth to the other to prove who is the winner. And then the ghosts of cast members that have, or, or supporting characters that have gotten killed are going to start appearing. <laughs> the horse. <laughs> Bring my body back to my family, Phantom. <laughs> Great, great effects, great practical yeah. effects here. Yeah, it does look like a stunt show, but uh, it makes it kind of fun. An expensive stunt show, though. Oh, very expensive. As we saw with the box office results, uh, not making a lot of money back. Yeah. So apparently they were considering doing a sequel to this, I, I read. Yeah, it was supposed to be In 2008. Yeah. In 08 with Billy Zane? Zane Swanson and Zeta Jones returning to their roles, but they wanted to do a reboot called The Phantom Legacy. And Sam Worth- and then Sam Worthington was being considered for the lead role. Oh god, that's such like a late two thousands. That would have been very that would have been very <laughs> choice. Plans for this fell through by twenty fourteen, according to Wikipedia. Also, how great would have it been when he opened the top of the submarines? He hadn't sealed it properly, so they had both drowned in the submarine during the climax. Just a very dour ending of him opening up, and they're both dead, like, oh, 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 shit. Dustin Hoffman, Isabella Johnny. Your girl! How did she get to be your girl? Only you! I think they're wonderful. Ishtar, written and directed by Elaine May. Some of our best work. Oh, you're right. That was the first Phantom. I didn't. I misunderstood. I thought the boy at the beginning was supposed to be Billy Zane. Nope. So does that make sense why they were on a tall masted ship? But what can you do? And then this is where all the confused people say, oh, that's what it was about. I literally just said that 30 seconds ago, I guess, when you couldn't hear me. Wait, so Patrick Magoon died when he was 60 in this movie? He didn't look 60. He looked older. Patrick Magoon, by... Successful job. It's like the presidency, being a phantom. It really ages you. Patrick Magoon, by the way, is uh, from the TV show The Prisoner. Oh, Oh, yeah. Now, could you imagine if, like, the writing on the wall for, like, what year it was said, like, 2075? Like, it's like, oh, it's been 100 years in the future this entire time. That would make the movie better. Yeah. What would have been better is if Billy Zane's like, all right, got to get on a boat now. <laughs> got to go see my fiance. Now, did they explain where the hell this plane came from? She just has a plane now. 
Well, yeah, she, she flew it. She got it. It's the off-screen movie. We know we, we can fill in the gaps for ourselves. I'm just saying, this is re- the reason why the movie failed at the box office. Had they explained it, it would have done well. Now we're going to get a cutaway from bald Billy Zane to Billy Zane with his merkin. And with the eyeliner removed. Yeah, it's like whenever Batman has to take his costume off, they had the same problem here. Yeah. It's something I never noticed until someone pointed out in Batman Returns, and now I can never watch that movie again without thinking about that. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) I feel the same way. God, I wish they had left the eyeliner on, just making him look like a raccoon. That would have made this moment just so much better. Yeah. Could you imagine yeah. if they left it on? That would have been great. I couldn't. No, I couldn't. Couldn't have said it better myself. Fifty-fifty shot whether they actually heard me or not, but I'll take it. Oh no, no, we did. Don't worry. Okay, great. I, for liability reasons, once again, I'm going to say I did not. I don't know what Was said. I do, in my heart. set up the sequel that we'll never see unfortunately not if I have anything to say about it (laughs) I have okay so thank you for watching this was our first and last quarantine commentary (laughs) track thank you for sticking with us if you if you have oh and I've got to mention oh yeah Alan Ladd Jr. produced this and Jerry Goldsmith did the score yeah yeah Joe Dante produced it, but then was not happy with the final product and tried to have his name taken off it. Yeah, I mean, he, he was going to direct it at one point when this was first set up. Um, oh, I'm sorry, guys. I, was, I wasn't recording uh, our mics, so I guess the whole thing's just going to be Was talking to himself. Oh, no. That's okay. <laughs> talking to himself when intermittently being interrupted by, him, by his own, uh, by himself. God. His technical, technical issues. Yeah, Randy Newman did the score. No, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> what would the Randy Newman Phantom song sound like? Phantom, he swings around. Go away, Phantom. Swimming in my head, Phantom. Ghost inside me, the Phantom. <laughs> well, before I cut out again, I'm going to say goodnight as well. And yes, we will never do Jake, this Jake, you always know how to do a good Randy Newman parody. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Credit words do. That's that's the Phantom, written by Jake Plumeri as Randy Newman. How many Phantoms can you count? <laughs> There's so many. One after the other. So many. <laughs> I just keep cutting back into you singing. Uh, this was fun 
Overall, a good movie. Very underrated. You know what? I think I finally saw that texture you guys keep talking about in the costume. All they had to do was zoom in all the way in the costume, and I could see the lines from how they sewed it. Yeah. There you go. Wow. I guess I was totally wrong. This movie went from a 10 out of 10 to a 12 out of 10 in Jacob's book. (laughs) All right. Well, good night, everyone. Stay safe. Stay quarantined. Three, two, three, four, four, two, three, and... These men are pawns. Add with the price of 20,000 dirham on their heads. Next, they will be hailed as the two messenger of God. They were just a couple of songwriters who came to Ishtar.